Welcome, welcome, welcome. Those are the first three words of the welcome prayer, which you can find as a free resource. Oh, I encourage you to look for it and to adapt it into your heart. It was very, very profoundly life-changing for me. He talks about how we welcome whatever is happening in our lives instead of resisting it. So today, I want to talk about authenticity, the real you, the real you. Are you the real you? Uh, All of us, we all put ourselves together so we can live. So we have some persona uh, in the places where we live. I mean, I don't go to meetings in my pajamas. I'd like to, but I don't. I put on my clothes. I brush my teeth because... Well, first of all, it's good physical habits. Remember, we talked about that. And it will save you money in the end. But I also don't want to have bad breath and be stinky when we're together. I speak so that you can understand me. And in my life, because I have been a teacher and a lecturer and a writer, I have had uh, a very strong determination to speak in a way that is not confusing. My husband used to say when he would come and hear me give a lecture, he would say, I don't know how you do it, but you're on point A and you wander off all the way to Z. And I'm sitting there thinking, she'll never get back to B. And then I do. Now that's part of how I've trained myself. However, the persona we put on can also put us into something that is often called image management, or from Susan Howitch's novels, The Glittering Image. Can you pause at that for a moment and think, well, maybe you didn't have any glitters on, but it was an image that you very much liked having, and you continued to keep going? Have you ever been in a situation when you heard yourself saying, I have to do this because they expect it of me? Well, I want to talk a little bit about authenticity with you. Often in this uh, time of ministry, I am asked this question. If you could, we we, we want to simplify everything. What's one word? What are three sentences? What's one passage? There's, There's a lot to following Christ. But in parenting, someone will say, what do you think is the most, the key important, the significant thing? And very late in ministry, I began to say, authenticity. Be who you are, especially in front of your children. Um, I didn't do that very well. Um, My daughter said to me as a late teenager, I thought you were perfect, mom. Well, I was trying to be perfect. I can assure you of that. But I can also assure you I wasn't perfect and neither you. Um, Psalm 51.6 tells us that God desires the truth in our inward being. And the psalmist is crying out that God would teach wisdom. God would give wisdom in our secret heart. So what is your secret heart? 
Being yourself is knowing yourself, and knowing yourself is knowing your creator. Could I say that again? Being yourself is knowing yourself and knowing your creator. I am a huge proponent of assessments, evaluation, tools that you can take inventories, spiritual gifts inventories, personality profiles, Myers-Briggs, transitional tools that will help you transform. And knowing yourself is the ability to change yourself. Now, we're going to talk about the second show in... um, the changes that heal us, but knowing yourself, knowing how you feel. Uh, this comes to my mind just as I'm speaking right now. I was in a meeting many years ago, and I had had some confrontations in meetings that I didn't like. And I found myself being confrontative. That's the only word. And I, I didn't like it. I didn't know why I was doing it. And so I'm talking to the Lord about it, and I was in this meeting, maybe there were 10 women around the table. I was not in charge of the meeting, and one of the women, she might have been the co-chairman, gave forth some idea, but she gave it forth in such a way that it wasn't just saying, hey, I've got an idea, what do you think about this? It was, hey, I've got an idea, we should do this. And there was an immediate, around the table, uh, a pushback from some of them. And as that pushback started, and I was looking at the speaker, suddenly something within me started to rumble. And it didn't rumble in my heart, and it didn't rumble in my mind, it rumbled in my stomach. And I was, in those years, coming to understand what that meant. What did that feel like? How often do I feel that, and when does it happen? And it always happened when someone was presenting an idea that they found good, perfect, wonderful, something we should do, and it was knocked down. So I took up this, I don't know, maybe it was she felt rejected or I was afraid she would feel rejected. But I can remember the realization that I've known this feeling before, but I haven't ever begun to do anything with it. I believe that transformations in life begin and end with knowing God and knowing yourself. The goal is our journey of transformation and tempering ourselves. Tempering ourselves. You always do it this way? Well, good. Are you glad you always do it this way? Is it what God would have you do it this way? Or is this a this way that should be transformed? Transformation is transfiguration. The journey is better if we lay a plan and hold it loosely. We lay a plan and hold it loosely. I think with age, we come to recognize, oh, there are limitations, and there are limitations at every age and stage of our lives, and every age and stage of our children's lives. Are you helping your children understand what limitations look like? I'm so mad because I'm going to get this done. Um, because she's three and shouldn't be lifting that heavy thing. The contemplative way of life happens in love, being appreciatively, responsively present to what's going on right now. I have many women who write 
and call the women that I meet with regularly here in my own town who often say to me, I want to practice the presence. Using Brother Lawrence's title, I want to live in the present. I don't want to miss the present. Uh, Most of us live somewhere in the looking forward or looking back. What does it feel like to live in the present? Well, Richard Benner writes this. Knowing God and knowing self are therefore interdependent. Neither can proceed very far without the other. Paradoxically, we come to know God best, not by looking at God exclusively, but by looking at God and then looking at ourselves and then looking at God, and then looking at ourselves again. This is the, also the way we best come to know ourselves. Both God and self are most fully known in relationship to each other. Now, you can have a dear best friend. Your husband can reveal things to you, and God uses people to instruct us and inform us. But it is learning to be with God, to listen to God to be actively communicating with him, that we come to be a better self and we come to know him better. And I want to always say to you, you want to be a better self. Whoever you are today, you want to be a better self tomorrow because the better self is a changing self. It's a transforming self. And we are called to be being made perfect. Are you perfect? No, and those of you who have personality styles and have taken assessment tools that say one of the goals in your life is to be perfect, remember there is only one perfect, and that is God. There is only one perfect, and that is God. God calls us, and when God calls us, it's an invitation. I spoke a few days ago about Jesus saying, "Come," wanting us to say, come, come go with me, come join me. That's always should be our invitation. It's also David's invitation. Invitations are very important things. Many years ago, my husband was invited by a president to come to the Oval Office. He went. <laughs> when you get invited to the Oval Office, you pretty much go. And when I struggle with Bathsheba and David and the story, and did Bathsheba, no, the king, the handsome, good-looking king, called Bathsheba. He said, come, and she, she said, okay. These invitations from God are invitations of a lifetime. The scripture, one of the versions, I believe the message, says, what does it look like to keep company with God, to hang out with Jesus? Are you conscious of his presence? Are you recognizing that he is always with you? He never will leave you or forsake you? In Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22, he says the following words to the rich man. He was setting out on a journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit life, eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not be a a, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He said to them, Teacher, I have kept these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, 
loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the rich man heard this, he was shocked, and he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Why did he go away grieving? He had just refused the invitation of God. The invitation of God was to come. Come, come, come. Come, go with me. God is complex, and he's more complex than we will ever be able to figure out. God is not a Google term. Do you find when you're at lunch now or dinner or any place, someone says, what's that, that person's name? Who wrote that book? Get out the Google. We Get out the Siri and tell me what it is. God's not like that. Oh, yeah, you can learn things from his word about him. But if you want to truly have a relationship with God, have communion with him, you got to hang out with him. you got to be with him. His presence is always with me. I don't always acknowledge it. For me, there was a huge change in my life when I created a Sabbath rest. I began in those days to be with God and be myself and be authentic. I wasn't putting on my white robes. I wasn't trying to be a know-it-all. I wasn't trying to tell God what I knew. I was trying to be close to him. And I had to be authentic so I could bring to him who I really was, where I ached, the losses I had experienced that had not been... Um, healed, where I had needs. I began to meet him in my deep self. God knows and sees us. He knows exactly who you are, exactly how much education you've had, exactly what you know about him. He knows all of your experiences. He knows every hair in your head. Can I keep going on? He knows the true self. And women say to me, I'm trying to be authentic. I just read this book on authenticity, and I want to say, if you desire to have authenticity in your life, and I want you to know, girls, I spent a lot of my life not being very authentic, being the role, the model that someone had told me was the right role. It it, it wasn't the end of the earth, but I, I do, I do remember clearly when my love for God really changed. And that was when I came to him. Isn't that a laugh? I came to him as myself, as if he didn't know who myself really was. And I think that's the most, it's fraudulent, but it's the most laughable thing in the world to go into time to spend reading God's word, praying, sitting, listening, meditating, contemplating, acting like he doesn't know it all. Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us that we deceive ourselves the most. Of all the things that we do, we deceive ourselves the most. So making time to see yourself as you are, God shining his light on you and exposing Going forward with God and letting the old pass away and exchange it for new. Dallas Willard says that we should have a gospel of sin management or image management. We are told in every front what we should do. 
We're continuing our walk through the Sermon on the Mount, and we will look at what the narrow gate in Matthew chapter 7 has to say to it. These three things are always true. You are deeply loved, and you and I are deeply sinful, and you and I are on a road to restoration. It's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process. And I pray that as you migrate in your life, you will have a lifelong process of understanding and acting in authentic ways before God and others. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Thanks for joining us today. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of practicing authenticity.